Welcome to Alchemy Uncensored, a podcast presented by Alchemy Search, a team of professional financial and tax recruiters. Our podcast is dedicated to providing valuable insights into the financial and tax sector of the UAE by discussing the challenges and opportunities faced by employers and job seekers. Alchemy Uncensored is the perfect podcast for those looking to gain a competitive edge in the finance, accounting and tax industry of the UAE. Stay informed on the latest job market trends, developments and conversations to stay ahead of the game. Tune into our podcast to be part of this insightful conversation. Hi, I'm Rutika. I am a tax recruitment specialist at Alchemy Search, which is a specialized finance and tax recruitment consulting firm based in Dubai. Today, we have the pleasure of having Nibal Hamdan as our guest speaker for the first ever tax podcast organized by us. So just to give a brief introduction, Nibal is heading the tax function of L'Oreal Middle East, where she's a tax director and she is handling the Gulf and the Middle East region. She has extensive experience in uh, VAT implementation, corporate income tax, transfer pricing, and customs matters. Prior to joining L'Oreal Middle East, she has worked with consultancies like Deloitte and EY in Dubai, and she served as a tax speaker at various events conducted by ACCA and IMA, written tax articles, conducted tax trainings for finance and non-finance teams, and she's a member of the International Fiscal Association, and she holds a master's degree in international business law. So interestingly, Nibal and I have been ex-colleagues in EY Dubai. So I just remember like one day we were sitting at Starbucks near our EY office, and we were having a very interesting conversation on some work assignment. And at that point in time, I think that was back in 2018, I would never have imagined that five years down the line, we would be sitting in a studio recording a podcast together. <laughs> so it's quite interesting how our career journey spans out. So, so great, let's begin. Like, firstly, we wanted to know, like, you've been here for eight years in the UAE, and you have actually witnessed a massive change in the tax landscape here. So how has your experience been as a tax professional in this region? That's right, Rutika. It's good to see you again. Same here. <laughs> and as you said, since 2018, we've seen lots of changes and it's a rapid transformation in the region and the tax uh, landscape. We've seen VAT being introduced in KSA and the UAE. The tax policy is changing so rapidly. We're seeing hundreds of laws and regulations being introduced and published. Yeah. It's, it's very important to keep uh, to keep up with all these regulations. Yes. Uh, after VAT, also we've seen uh, at the same time actually excise tax and then we've seen transfer pricing being introduced in KSA, economic substance reporting in the UAE back in April right. 2019. Uh, we're seeing now uh, the CIT uh, in, the, in the UAE, which, uh, which is a big a change also for businesses yes. and especially to deal with the regulations that are applicable for mainland and for free zone. Correct. And we've seen lately that there are there is lots of yeah. attention on the part of free zone, on the qualifying income yeah, or true. exempt uh, activities and, and so on. Um, so it's very important uh, to keep up with all these changes within within a company and especially now uh, we've seen discussions on Pillar 2 for the businesses yeah. that fall within the Pillar 2 scope that they have right. consolidated turnover above 750 million euros. Uh, so 
such companies would have to deal with the CIT implementation in the UAE yeah. and at the same time with Pillar 2 being introduced. So lots of transformation. The region that was perceived as no tax region, it will yeah, no longer true. be the case. So this is just right from the past and it will <laughs> not be the case again. And actually we're seeing also tax digitalization, lots of projects, e-invoicing yeah. in KSA, which is also coming in the UAE as part <laughs> uh, of the strategy of, yeah. uh, of the UAE uh, from 2025, which was recently announced. So I think it's it's, uh, it's going to keep on, on changing. And it's very important to keep up with these changes and being prepared in, in, in framing the tax, tax framework of a company and setting the right tax strategy and uh, the right collaboration between the different teams within, within a company. Right. And as you just brought up uh, invoicing in the UAE, I think that's going to be the next big thing here after corporate income tax. And so I wanted to know about your experience of implementing uh, e-invoicing in KSA. It's very interesting to see uh, the e-invoicing project in KSA, which started since 2020, the announcement, uh, the regulation, and then it was phased into two phases. Phase mm -hmm. one, which was the lighter phase of the project, uh, and it was live from December 2021, uh, I believe. And then uh, the 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 more detailed part of the project is phase two, okay. uh, which is currently being implemented for most of the uh, of the businesses, depending on the on the threshold uh, right. of their business. Um, it's very important in such projects to know that tax people cannot work in isolation. They do not work alone. Yeah, it's true. a project that has to be uh, in collaboration with different teams, especially accounting. We yeah. work hand in hand with accounting, <laughs> with the legal team, with right. IT. IT is S very important in that. <laughs> of course, in the e-invoicing project. And, um, you know, in the sense of linking the ERP system of the company okay. with the platform of the tax authority in KSA, Zatka, it's very important to 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 be able to have this collaboration between the mm. different stakeholders right. within a company and to have the right knowledge and upskilling mm. because sometimes it's not necessarily that someone working outside the tax department yeah, would know these details. So it's a, a real collaboration to make such projects su Absolutely. successful. <laughs> Absolutely right on this. You've worked in consulting and industry both. So we would like to know about your experiences in both the profiles. Um, I would start saying that there is no right or wrong way to start a career for sure. So for people watching, starting in consulting or starting in-house, definitely there is no right or wrong way. There is no standard way. For me, I started in consulting. I think it was the right path for me, spending almost 10 years in consulting okay. between uh, Deloitte, Ernest & Young. Um, what's very important in this choice is to have a clear uh, career progression plan and when, where you see yourself next and whether you want to to become a partner at, yeah. uh, at some point <laughs> or whether you want to build your uh, tax department within uh, a company, within a multinational. So it depends. Uh, it's a very personal right. choice. But I would say uh, in, in consulting, it's also very important that you get to work with different uh, clients this would automatically mean you have different management styles, right. you have different expectations, you have different industries. So it's a very rich experience. 
On the other side, in in-house, you get to know the business uh, inside out. You get to grow with the business. Yeah. <laughs> you see each day how the business is doing. Right. And especially if you have the right level of curiosity, that professional curiosity, will you will you will be able to to grow with the company in, in this mm. journey. And uh, you will also be uh, playing that business partnering role, which I enjoy so much in my current role because I'm able to work with different departments, right. whether uh, with the, my colleagues in the finance management committee, mm. whether with accounting, IT, legal. Yeah. It's, it's very important to also uh, be able to build that tax strategy with the with the CFO with the management so i think both they have yeah. their their uh, very rich part and it's uh, it's a personal choice yeah, absolutely course. so from my perspective i think you know one thing i don't miss about consulting is the timesheets that's just on a lighter note though so that was just the most stressful part of the week for me at that time so yeah, I just remember the consulting days. So recently, like now as a tax recruiter, the trend that I'm currently seeing, particularly in this region, is like a lot of uh, tax professionals are interested to move from a consulting role to an in-house role, perhaps to get a wider exposure to different tax laws or different jurisdictions or just to partner with different business units, which they would not maybe get an opportunity to do that in a consulting role. So what qualities or skill sets would you look for in a person while hiring someone in your team? Yeah, very, very important question. Um, I think if we start with the technical st skills, saying that it's a given, you yeah. know, it's, it's not something that... Uh, you wouldn't expect right. to have no compromise and, on that. Uh, exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, um, whether also from analytical skills, uh, accounting norms, financials, uh, uh, knowing the financial standards, and so on. So, I would say this is a given. It's not something that uh, you wouldn't expect, or mm -hmm. that would be the uh, the 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 competitive advantage, right. I would say. Uh, what I would look for uh, is more on the skills that are related to problem solving, to being proactive, not to wait until a, like the last minute to be prepared, uh, to be also uh, creative thinking. You have creative yeah. thinking uh, also in the communication, collaboration, to have the right professional curiosity, right. to go beyond uh, to ask the right questions, to have the the right collaboration between the teams and especially in-house because, as I said before, you cannot work in isolation. Yes. You would need to know, uh, to collaborate with the legal team, for example, whenever you have agreements that are drafted or updated. Uh, you need to collaborate with accounting uh, for the compliance part, True. for the tax reporting. You would need also to collaborate with the finance team. Um, so these skills would, would be the skills I think that are needed uh, to, to succeed in a tax uh, profession nowadays. And it's not only that we see tax technology, that yeah, automation, that's so AI. So these are the skills of today and of the future. And we will see that automation and tax digitalization is right. here to stay and it's going to develop more and more. 
That's that's amazing. I think this is really insightful for you know tax professionals or looking to make a making a move to industry roles and it's actually really helpful for me as a tax recruiter as well because it helps me to get into the minds of a hiring manager you know from or while recruiting these kind of roles so taxes are relatively new in this region and i see that a lot of reliance is placed on external consultants for any tax advisory or compliance work so how important do you think it is to have an in-house tax function within an organization it's um, actually very important um the the activities and the functions that are within the tax department are so essential in uh in having a strong uh tax position yeah. uh, from uh from laying down the tax framework building the tax strategy with the CFO right. uh, uh handling the tax audits uh by defending the position of the company before the authorities within legally within yes. the the tax framework and the tax regulations uh to know your tax rights uh, identifying opportunities saving opportunities also that are legally there that are available within the tax laws and regulations managing the the relationship with the tax authorities right. uh also uh, dealing with the cross functional files let's say like mer- merger and acquisition where you have to deal with the finance team for the valuation part with the legal mm. team to make sure that the agreements uh, have the reflect the right uh, tax clause um, also there is a part where it's very important to do a tax upskilling beyond okay. the tax function which is running workshops tax trainings for uh, customer care operation teams uh, teams uh, hr marketing and so on to have the tax knowledge within the company as i said before mm-hmm. in too many different files we have to deal uh, we have and too many stakeholders have to deal with certain files they should have the tax knowledge to be able to answer yeah. the right questions um so tax upskilling and training i think it's something very important uh in addition to that which what we started with is tax implementation so we've right. seen lots of regulations and laws laws being introduced so it's very important to keep up with all these changes and updates have mm. the right interpretation Correct. and the right mm. implementation within the company so very well said nibal i think you perfectly put out the larger picture of having a tax function in place and it just proves a point that it goes way beyond purely like compliance or submitting the returns uh, on a regular basis so it's much more than that as you correctly said it's about having the tax framework in place having the tax governance for the organization and that is why it is so important to have a tax function absolutely and i also think for some specialized uh, areas like transfer pricing it's good to have an in-house tax specialist who understands the business thoroughly because that is sometimes a limitation of external consultants they would not understand the practicalities of a particular sector or for that business so you need to have an in-house person who knows the business so well absolutely and especially in multinationals where you have lots of intragroup transactions right. so it's very important to be to to 
to follow the the uh, the transfer pricing for, uh, policy of, of the group and to have the right markups applied for mm. intergroup transactions, the right documentation, knowing that in, in KSA, for example, and many other GC countries and yeah. now in the UAE will have to maintain transfer pricing documentation, <laughs> local file, master right. file and other documentation and to be able to justify the remuneration that each of the companies is uh, is having it's uh, absolutely very important within a tax function and yes, MNC. Absolutely. Recently I've seen that there's a lot of focus particularly by MNCs on sustainability. So when I hear the word sustainability all I think about is like environmental changes or climate changes but I struggle to see the link between sustainability and taxes. So can you throw some light on that? When we talk about sustainability is about uh, waste management, right. it's about reducing carbon emission, and that's it. And there is no <laughs> link with tax. And yeah. absolutely, it's not the case. And uh, I think we will have to, to at some point, see that uh, tax and sustainability, they are part of same discussion. Right. Um, in, in what's really important when a company is building its strategy uh, for sustainability, it, taking into account also the tax part, being part of the discussion and the conversation yeah. about sustainability. And uh, especially on the uh, uh, operational side, mm -hmm. supply chain, um, and to see also um, that taxing is important to be for a good impact right and uh, what's uh, what i think also is important is uh, uh, to to see that sustainability is a topic that uh, would reflect mm. uh, social responsibility okay. and would reflect also the values of the company and its commitment. Right. From a tax perspective, I think it's also, you could see it on the side of the tax policy where some tax policies and regulations would yeah. give incentives and grants right. for good practices, okay. for sustainable sustainable practices uh, within operation supply chain. Uh, unlike some other uh, uh, regulations that would uh, put penalties right. on, on Okay. some practices and uh, it's very important to see for example we take very practical example that unfortunately in some cases we still see that the tax impact on donation hmm. is the same as a tax impact on destruction right and here it's very practical experience where we see that some tax policies they would not be in the same direction mm. with the sustainability and right. so um, I think it's everybody's job to to support sustainability and to be part of social responsibility and uh, and the f starting from us as consumers yeah. in our daily life uh, to bigger picture as a company and as a, a government. Right. Um, we've seen the UAE is leading the way in the, in the discussions about uh, sustainability in, in the region. Also CKSA also having a sustainability discussion within uh, mm. the, the vision. It's so important that we're seeing such developments in the region and we hope to see that yeah. uh, supporting sustainability more and more in the future. Right, that's, that's absolutely great.
And lastly, my question would be like, if you were not a tax professional, what would you be and why? Always had appreciation and love for all things arts, uh, whether from uh, architecture, from uh, interior design, uh, music, uh, dancing, fashion design. Wow. So... uh, And maybe it's the right time also to tell you about my own brand, which is a brand that uh, I created uh, in the last two years. Uh, It's um, a brand that is uh, called Maison Rafia. Oh, wow. And it's... it's, Uh, maybe I'll explain more about the reason behind uh, behind uh, this name. Uh, it's a journey that started two years ago uh, out of passion for uh, for style and uniqueness and okay. adding something uh, maybe... It's not entirely new, but because the designs are... Uh, I created these designs. I'm so happy okay. to also share that. <laughs> so it's in headwear, hats, and right. accessories. And um, I, I think it's very important um, to say that everybody has an entrepreneurial side. And it's very important to nurture yeah. this side, whether right. we are uh, uh, in parallel with our corporate jobs or we decide to take a break and create something um, like a business or right. a, a passion that could be could be turned into a business. Um, I think my message yeah. here is that everybody has an entrepreneurial side and to nurture yeah. this entrepreneurial side and take it to the to the next uh, level that's brilliant actually that's that's really amazing i'm really impressed and i'm really happy that you have uh, you know followed your passion doing something completely out of the box so i mean people usually say that tax professionals are boring there is no creative side in them but i think you've proved it wrong so this is really fantastic and i think you're sending out a really strong and a positive message that just follow your passions. I mean, just because you are following a particular career path, that doesn't mean that you let your passions die. Absolutely. And I think especially for tax professionals, they are absolutely creative people and they would be creative (laughs) not only in tax. I think everybody can be creative. Yes, we have a hidden artist in each of us. (laughs) So just on a lighter note, so we would like to end the podcast and we would like to know about you as a person. So just some fun questions like <laughs> what go ahead <laughs> what do you like the most about dubai um i think two main things safety yeah and absolutely it's a land of opportunities right well said which is your favorite holiday destination um i love nature so i would say europe okay perfect and what are your favorite things to do on the weekend I love reading. So I would say um, a nice coffee shop and a book. Oh, I love that too. (laughs) That's my favorite idea of spending the weekend as well. Thank you so much, Nibal, for coming over on our tax podcast. It was really fun, interesting and an insightful discussion. And I really hope you enjoyed this podcast and stay tuned for some more episodes on tax.